0: Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my my two illustrious co-hosts, Dave Glanz. And Mike Mirandi. Say hello, gentlemen.
1: Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen.
0: And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the 2000 film Gladiator, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix, or as I like to call him, Joaquin. Jo- <laughs> jo- Jokin. Jokin. Phoenix. Or Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin
2: Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Phoenix. And uh, this is your first time listening to this show, and God forbid if that's the case. <laughs> but this is the podcast uh, where we... We w- <laughs> where we watch uh, classic movies and determine if they hold up to a modern viewing. Uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. So without further ado, I'm going to play a clip, not the trailer, a clip from Gladiator. Your fame is well-deserved, Spaniard. I don't think there's ever been a Gladiator to match you. As for this young man, he insists you are Hector reborn. What was it, hercules?
2: Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! You will remove your helmet and tell me your name.
0: Now the reason I was playing a clip is because the we uh, need
1: to let the audience know this is not the 1938 version of Gladiator. Right, this is the The 2000 2000. version. And
0: the reason I played a clip is because the trailer for this movie is one of the worst trailers ever made. It's awful. Um, (laughs) So I thought that was very interesting. in Doing some research for this film, (laughs) if you are living under a rock and are unfamiliar with this movie, it is a historical epic that came out in the year 2000, Mm -hmm. and it centers on uh, a Roman general played by Russell Crowe, who is betrayed And his family is murdered by an emperor's corrupt son, and he comes to Rome as a gladiator to seek revenge. He's a general who turns into a slave, into a... Gladiator
1: a, into an Avenger.
0: An Avenger. Not a Marvel's
1: Avenger. Avenger. Right. Legally, mm-hmm. we cannot say that phrase. And <laughs> this,
0: <laughs> this movie was quite important when it arrived in 2000 for a variety of reasons. One is that it, it sparked... Um, a renewed interest into the sword and sandal epic that uh, mm. that sp- spawned many imitators after the gigantic success of this movie, both at the box office and critically, uh, up to the point where this movie won, I believe, five uh, Oscars. It was nominated and won Best Picture, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Russell Crowe took home the statuette for Best Actor. So humongous, phenomenal success. He didn't
1: get success. the statue. He got like, the, the knockoff at the yeah, little yeah. statue. <laughs> he got the uh, He got the, the nice try, the he nice won try award. Oscar. Yeah.
0: He won the Oscar. And this was a big year for everyone involved this movie so I guess going into this I'm going to turn to you Mike because you suggested we watch this Mm, film I did one this is like this is your movie it has to be like yeah. I, Just, I, if you've
2: been listening to 40 episodes of this podcast you know that this is the kind of movie that mike got watch. this is my love. time yeah
0: well I mean if I know not anything about you I know very little but if I were to know a little thing something Enough. about you this is the movie that represents everything Mike Miranda
2: stands for <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so tell Swords, me Mike
2: nobility why <laughs> <The> sandals Sandals.
0: <laughs> why is Gladiator men with no shirts <laughs> for you why, why is why is, gladi- why is Gladiator for you the best movie all time
1: um all right i have seen it multiple times this is actually a nice change of pace i can actually come to the table having seen the movie like three four five times before Mm -hmm. um so if you or even six maybe six (laughs) who knows this may have been the sixth time i'm not sure (laughs) um but yes i will i will echo that as if anyone needed me to yeah this is and i'm watching it i was actually kind of worried because i'm like i don't know if this is gonna be as good as i remember it being And as a kid, like, I saw it in college. I haven't seen it since college. I'm like, did I really like it or did I just think I liked it? And it wasn't really actually that good. Um, It held up for me. I frigging love this movie. I think it's phenomenally done. Um, I think the writing is great. The characterization is great. The characters are real. Um, The cinematography is beautiful. Um, Yeah, I mean, I could go on like this for another 45 minutes. Um, I I just, it's... I'd like to dig into it, and see if we can find the flaws and where they are, and what oh, we'll could have been there. done better. Oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Um, there's a lot of bad. I think they really have going for it. I think Russell Crowe's phenomenal. Um, I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. Um, and I think like for a movie that's really like pretty gory for its time, and when it came out, people were like, "Oh my god, it was a decapitation!" Mm-hmm. There's people getting stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really tame, especially I guess when you watch something like Game of Thrones, when mm-hmm. you're seeing everything. I feel like. Uh, Gladiator is a little more tasteful with its violence. It's violent, but I don't think it's necessarily. Yeah, ignored. it is funny
0: that you mentioned that because yeah. I remembered Gladiator being so much more violent yeah, than too. it actually yep. was. Yeah, and now I am so desensitized to how violence yeah. works. I was like, "That's it." Like as I was watching it, you know. So yeah, um, and I think
1: it actually helped me to appreciate the art of the violence and and of the you know the use of it. I feel like Game of uh, Game of Thrones and HBO in general tends to just push it over the top to the point where it's just it's like grat- it's uh, gratuitous. gratuitous. Yeah, um, but I feel like here it's done much more purposeful, and uh, it doesn't draw any attention away from what it's trying to say. I don't think. Um, But uh, yeah, I can pass it over to Dave. We can can get into this thing.
0: I'm having a difficult time. I I like to try to um, predict your responses to the film. (laughs) If you couldn't tell, (laughs) now this movie could go either way for you. Are you the hipster that doesn't like gladiator? is it too mainstream for you? Because you could be that film snob. I'm not sure. Or do you genuinely love think, Gladiator I, my, as much as Mike?
1: Let me guess. It's okay. Well, it, didn't, it didn't. It didn't. It's not terrible. It's not no, a bad you're both, movie. You're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have no <laughs> opinion at all. <laughs> no.
2: I have Yes. Zero. I actually didn't watch this movie. No. Um, I think Gladiator is a very good movie. Uh, and you know, it's, it's what's interesting about Gladiator yeah, is that yeah. it's one of those best picture. I find me, bro. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Gladiator is one of those Best Picture winners that kind of gets shat on uh, for whatever reason by by film uh, enthusiasts for having won Best Picture in the year that it won because it's it's really it's a very good movie but it's, I would not call it a great movie personally I mean it is. I mean so I um, uh, you know this is kind of where I am on the movie if, if I were to give it a rating out of five stars I would say three and a half four. Something like that. It's not necessarily a masterpiece, but it is better than a lot of people give it credit for, including a lot of the other best picture uh, winning historical epics like, what say, it, Braveheart. What uh, did it go up against? For the, uh, uh, year? That year it went up against... Crouching Tiger? I know,
0: Tiger Crouching I Tiger, which
2: I, I do remember being <laughs> okay. being very firmly in the Crouching Tiger camp that year, thinking, <laughs> thinking that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, are you, uh, is that a, have you seen Crouching Tiger? That was uh, Dragon? It was derisive Ch- 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 noises I was making Oh, continue. sorry. <laughs> have you seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? No. You haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Well, you'd
0: like that, too. That's also historical you epic wouldn't... with people with stories. Oh, really? Yes. You
2: would love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I yeah. thought I it was like, like, like a dumb
1: kung fu movie? Was it was it
2: really a dumb kung, no. kung fu movie? Or is it a good kung fu? All right, it's, next it's, week. It's, next it's, week, Crouch Tiger. No, I don't think that's what we're doing next week. But I still think Crouching Tiger that year probably should have been the winner for Best Picture. I think it won Best Director. Once again, Ridley Scott, another... Well, you know, another popular movie. This is probably his most uh, acclaimed movie at, at the as far as Oscars are concerned. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even nominated for Best Director, which is unusual. Because <laughs> this is usually the kind of movie where they're like, okay, fine. Give Ridley Scott Best Director.
1: Get him off it's our okay. back. That's yeah. enough.
2: We're going to give it to him. Good. But he wasn't even nominated that year for Best Director. That's he was weird. nominated for Thelma and Louise, I think, which is a great movie. Uh, actually, a movie I enjoy more than more than Gladiator, uh, as far as uh, Ridley We're Scott movies. really concerned. Um, you, you apples said... and
0: apples there. That's a very different. No, it's dependency. a very different movie. But I'm just <laughs> as
2: far as Ridley Scott movies are concerned. I mean, I think that he's he's been nominated a few times, but but he wasn't nominated. I just picture for...
0: you being like, you want to watch Braveheart, Gladiator, Thelma and Louise. I think, I think it
1: falls into that camp. It has a certain <laughs> epic but quality he does, so to we've it. We've
2: done a few. Uh, we've done what uh, Blade Runner, and we did this is Blade Runner. Yeah. And, and what else did we do from Ridley Scott? I think we did one. Didn't we do one more from Ridley Scott? I think mm-hmm. we did. I can't. remember. No, did uh, we did a couple Tony of Tony Scott. You no, know, oh. I did Top Gun and True Romance, but I, this is only the second really Scott movie. It's only the movie.
0: second R. Scott movie.
2: Okay, well. Skidly Rot. I mean, they ended up nominating him for Black Hawk Down the year following this, I oh, think. That's for that's 2000- Scott too, Jeez. Yeah, that was also really. Scott.
0: He had a hot streak in the 2000s. Yeah, he, he had right.
1: a thing for uh, Orlando Bloom, like three in a row. Was he in... Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, King Heaven and then... Black Hawk Down. Well, not this, to get
0: too much on a tangent, but Kingdom of Heaven is an un- that's a movie that gets crapped on, and it's.
2: Not I sure need to right. see.
1: I was just talking to a friend about that. I've heard it's right. very good. And I like yeah, or yeah, yeah. well, the director's cut is supposed to be. But I have, yes, I've that's only, what he's saying. He's right. the original one is terrible, but the director's cut makes everything much right. Better. Uh, anyway, Anyways.
2: so my opinion on this was I remember I still remember. Go, I saw this in the theater on the big screen. It was in Pittsburgh, and and it was this. What new, you this what were you wearing? Were you wearing? What was your haircut like? Uh, you know, I like just like everyone else, swords and sandals. I had my sword. <laughs> I had nothing on except for sandals. That was it. That's illegal. Yeah, that, no, you should have been arrested. That's how for everybody that. saw it in Pittsburgh.
1: Come on, it's <laughs> it's <real>. Pittsburgh, okay.
2: <laughs> um, and it was like I hadn't been to a stadium seating uh, theater before. At least there hadn't been any in Pittsburgh, so I had never actually experienced that. So I remember the experience. Very vivid. Felt like you were in the college. Giant screen. Yes, exactly. It was almost mm. like being at a sporting event, and uh, so I had a very uh, you know the 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 ex, the experience of watching Gladiator was was a really good one for me. Uh, but by the end of the year, you know you know there's a lot of movies, and for whatever reason, this was the movie that uh, that felt like it was going to win all the Oscars, even though I don't think it was winning a lot of the critics awards that year. It ended up winning Best Picture, Best Actor, and I think the reason it won Best Actor is because Russell Crowe had been nominated for The Insider the year before and and might have deserved it for that that movie and uh th- but that said he is very very good in this movie and it's and it's a, this is a tough role to pull off i think a hero is a tougher um a tougher thing to play than a villain i mean what uh, King phoenix is great but I mean, it's like the juicy villain part. I mean, yeah, it's, he's, it's, yes. You know, yes. And it just it, it helps that he's a great actor. He wasn't as widely recognized as a great actor as yeah a, I was at, looking at that at time. His stuff, yeah. Um, but I remember really liking uh, Joaquin Phoenix even back then. Um, mm-hmm. He was in a movie called To Die For with Nicole Kidman, which he was really fantastic in, um, playing this high school kid who falls in love with Nicole Kidman and is duped into murdering her husband. Anyway, that happens. That'll happen. That's another good movie yeah. to die for. It's like Caves' biography,
0: right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he lived it.
2: So, uh, yeah, I think I think the two leads are fantastic. Uh, I think the overall look of the movie is good. Uh, I I remember Roger Ebert reviewing this movie and saying that it looked muddy and and he didn't he just didn't like the look. But I think that he can't handle war. I don't know. I think he I like the it. look of this movie. <laughs> now, you know that said, I mean. I I do have some problems that we could dig in. I want to let yeah. Ivan talk a little bit because and I, I would like
1: to I would like to focus on a problem that was just driving me up a wall. Yeah, there's there're there,
2: there plenty of issues with the movie. One of what and I'll just say the biggest one for me is that it does <laughs> feel we'll, like it goes on. I mean, it does feel like it drags on a little bit. Even though the, I I couldn't think of exactly what to pull out of this movie. Yeah, that's called character development, unfortunately. That's no, uh, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Character development could be a ninety-minute movie, but this was a two and a half-hour movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it did—it did feel like it was a little bit long.
1: It, yeah, um, it's it's a it's a long yeah, movie. Right. It feels long. Um, All right,
2: and if it weren't for Russell Crowe's performance, and uh, I think any other, you know, put another actor or just a mediocre actor in this role, you know, you, you mm-hmm. have you don't have a best picture. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I, I could agree with that. Yeah.
0: Um, so Gladiator,
1: Gladiator. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The thing about Gladiator that I find most interesting is that watching it now, sixteen years later, since it came out, it feels very timeless. Like uh, it doesn't mm. feel like we, one thing we've talked about a lot on this podcast is like movies that feel dated, and we have to give them passes because like oh, it was made in the eighties yeah, or nineties, yeah. and it feels very nineties. It feels very eighties. And one because it's a historical film, like historical milieu that it takes place in, it feels like this could have come out like yesterday. Like if they put this on the screen next week at the box office, I think that it would technically and visually hold up very much I was very impressed by the way the movie looked and the way the special effects were integrated
2: and all that it might not have been as popular though Um, it kind of hit just at the right time it
0: did Uh, he doesn't have superpowers so maybe it wouldn't have been as popular yeah right Um, It's a very good movie. It's hard not to like Gladiator because it's such a crowd pleaser. It is designed to tap into our, like, lizard brain. Like, this movie is designed strictly to, like, make you stand up and cheer. It's about getting revenge. It's about the noble person who, um... Who loses everything and comes back and then it's about the evil people are the most evil. They're at their most evilest. And uh, it's the kind of thing that feels very classical in nature in the sense that it's the kind of movies they were making in the 1930s and 40s. These big sweeping movies where they were defined good guys and bad guys and there was not a ton of middle ground in between that. And I don't begrudge this movie for doing that. I will say, in looking back, I don't think this movie's I don't think there's a lot of nuance here. You mentioned that you think there is, Mike, and I'm curious to what like um, we'll talk about what that is. But I, I just did I say that you said that the characters were developed to a point where you think that there was
1: e, okay. Yeah, I can, okay, I can talk about that. Yeah, because I
0: feel like the movie is painting in very broad strokes, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but like if you you could easily be a snob about gladiator and call it a movie for the people but not for the uh very much like rome it is a movie for the people but rome not is the for mob. the mob right. uh,
1: gladiators for the and mob the mm-hmm. best
0: example the best comparison i can think of for gladiator i'm looking at its imdb page and it has an 8.5 it's like the number 47 on the imdb's top 250 of all time
2: and, like I, this
0: movie. and i'm and i'm I'm very much reminded of a movie like Shawshank Redemption, a movie that Mm. appeals to a very large mass audience. But if you were a film snob, you could easily pick it apart for not being deep. And I think that that's where... The shortcomings of Gladiator come in. She's the,
1: like film snobs, it's funny. All the movies that film snobs like, I tend to not like. I think it's the <laughs> ones that have a really good craft, but there's just no heart or soul in it for me. Or, or it is, but the heart and soul is just weird. <laughs> um, like a lot I like, of I like weird. What kind of uh, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly? Um, and I think that uh, what's his name? Um, Ridley Scott. No, Curry? no, no. The guy we've talked about a billion times. Uh, David anyway, Litch. whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ivan Cander i've been oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the, 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 the guy the freaking guy you love what's your favorite Quentin director Tarantino. thank you he's not my favorite director but, but okay yeah but, yeah um his movies are so freaking weird to me and i feel like they're never like profound enough that's my problem is that like they're they're the crap is very good and he does a lot of stuff like very you know purposefully and it's not designed for a mass audience but like at the end of the day i don't feel like it's giving me anything like any hard truth or anything something that's just like ah yeah like Gladiator, the idea of like fighting for something that you believe in, like fighting for like having the idea of friendship. I felt like there was something, you know, the the, the two guys and he's in uh, Jermon Hansu and the mm-hmm. other guy, I don't know his name. I don't know. He's not a big enough actor. I don't, I don't think <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't make I that remember. The um, thing, I'll, I'll, I'll big guy, Oliver Reed. Yeah, big dude. Big dude. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: The thing about Gladiator is... How do I describe Gladiator? If I were to describe Gladiator to somebody, I'm like, it's a movie I'd watch with my dad. That's how I explain Gladiator. Like we (laughs) can sit down
1: and we could cheer it. Talk about when when back in the day when good guys were good and the bad guys were bad. No, it's a it's a
0: movie with where it's a it's a black hat, white hat movie, right? It's like there's no like it's it's an action film. The action scenes are thrilling and very well shot. I really like all the Coliseum scenes. Um,
2: the action is very clear. Yes, it's clear yeah, and right. it's yeah, yeah,
0: interesting yeah. and it's bloody, but not bloody to the point that it's like I think that Daredevil on Netflix is more. Yeah, gruesome, it was. It is, is you're more right. gruesome <laughs> than this show. Yeah. Yep, I'm not sure than this film. So I mean that's an interesting comparison, you know, between a, a movie that comes out in 2000 and stuff that we're watching today. So I I, I don't want to like pick on Gladiator because I do enjoy watching it. I just the entire time I was like. Is this a smart movie? And I don't know if the answer to that question is yes.
1: I think it is. I don't think it's... Here's the thing. I don't think it's subversive. So I think there's a lot of... I, I, my opinion is that a lot of movies that are subversive are the ones that are like, oh, it's so smart, like Donnie Darko, and like all these movies we that are like... We talk about Donnie Darko. We do. <laughs> it's, 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 it's begging for a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it, it, it's it's rehashing a lot of things that maybe some people find obvious, um, but I feel like are falling by the wayside. And I, I don't know. I don't... The whole anti-hero thing—I'm so sick of that. To me, has been done to death. I feel like we've but this we, was, this was kind of before the. I mean, right, anti-heroes exactly. have been yeah, popular yeah. throughout history, but um, this which is, is funny because I never thought a character like this is it, somewhat, in a way, is kind of anti-hero in the, mm-hmm. thing, the sense of like he's a good person, but he's kind of going against the self Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Not the, it's not the most noble of causes, right? It's, you know, um, but I feel like that he, he is the kind of person. He seems very noble in the sense of in the beginning. And again, I I think classically he would be considered the antihero, except for today the antiheroes are just straight up assholes, and you're just like <laughs> I just don't like you. But man, are you cool? Like um, he is a lot more. I think of you know he doesn't he's good at what he does. He's good as a general, but he doesn't want to be a general. He wants to just be a farmer. He wants to be a family man. He wants to go back home, and you know that's that's first and foremost in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when he loses that, he kind of just doesn't have much of a reason to live. When he's when they're telling him you got to fight, he's like, what am I going to fight for? What was the, the point of fighting? Right. Um, I think until he actually tastes, you know, combat, and he realizes, okay, the only thing I have left is the thing I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think it, it starts mounting. It's like he gets, well, I could maybe win freedom. Maybe I could do, I feel like from that point, he starts getting a higher and higher cause, and at the, at the point where he realizes, oh, I can, I can kill this guy and maybe help Rome a little bit and kind of uh, uh, escort the vision from the previous Caesar, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's father, uh, Marcus Aurelius. And try to bring that vision to life, hopefully, and and do his part in, in at least fulfilling that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just I, I think when you sit and you see the relationship between him and Caesar, him and his troops, him and the guys that he works with, like uh, the guys that he works with. <laughs> the the guy fight, sees fighting fight, with, right, yeah, his men, right? Um, but you can just see how that really, how those relationships. When they have conversations, I feel like they're having conversations amongst friends. It feels very genuine. It doesn't feel like these two characters are friends. Like when he's talking about like his farm and he's telling him like, you know, the earth is as, as black as my wife's hair, and mm-hmm. how like uh, Marcus Aurelius like just takes joy in hearing that. Like mm-hmm. when then him and Manhan Su and the other guy are eating soup or gruel whatever it is and you know, I the guy pretends to be po- he t- he takes his bowl from him and tests it out for poison mm-hmm. and he fakes that he's poisoned mm-hmm. like there's moments like that i feel like are very genuine and feel like real to me mm-hmm. um so it feels real that's but not necessarily kind of, new,
2: like when you were saying
1: nuance is probably not, like, not new, the right I, word. I, but, but yeah but if, but I, if I said you, that i take that word back yeah you, um,
2: you connected with this it sounds like
1: you connected with the uh um, the genuineness of it the, like the the uh the camaraderie i guess it, it, no because camaraderie is i don't know it's just the idea of a genuine friendship I felt mm. the, these people actually do care about each other there is a bond there and it's not just like yeah you already to go to the gladiator ring and kill some people <laughs> let's do it you know it didn't feel like that to me it felt like these guys actually looked out for each other there was a certain you know yeah I, yeah. I do
0: agree in the sense that um, it doesn't take shortcuts to get uh, it is a simplistic story. but it At Three take, hours,
1: there are no shortcuts. But, it, yeah. but,
0: but seriously, though, I mean, um, they do earn the fact that Maximus is a heroic character. And they do earn the fact that these guys are friends. Like, they're, they're not... It doesn't just... A lesser movie would have just had all those things. Like, they would just tell you that stuff. And you're like, this guy's really noble. He's, like, super good. Like And they do actually work hard to to make you care about him. So I will give you that. I just don't think... I. He's, don't you feel like he's a little bit too lily white good? Like, he's just... He's just I don't li- think he is.
1: I mean, I I don't... Well, so one thing I, I do want to say, though, is I, I, in my memory, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a real, like, macho movie of just, like, yeah, man, let's go in there and just wreck havoc, wreak havoc and just go... In a- and I didn't get I didn't get that feeling when I was watching. It never felt like just dumb violence or just like raw masculinity, which I think is like you know. Well,
2: I would say it is both. I mean,
1: there is there is some dumb violence and raw masculinity. There there is, but it's not. That's not. I mean, there's, there's, I
2: definitely think they they get into and through his performance. I definitely think that Russell Crowe kind of conveys the um, the uh, the joy in fighting, the joy in bloodshed. No, like, there there's, is there is a reason that, that these guys are, are doing this, and it's not just because they've been assigned these roles in life. I mean, a lot of them have chosen to become warriors in general right right? because that's how they want to make a living and so he's you know there's a certain there's a certain you know there's a certain enthusiasm for
1: fighting and and there's and definitely an enthusiasm for like a bloodlust for revenge and that's yeah uh, but they didn't have any gratuitous like i'm a man like i was you know expecting him to like you know, the whole, like, I'm preparing for combat and, like, the slow motion shots of him walking around and, like, the electric guitar playing. You are waiting out for the,
0: uh, the, the push-up contest in the middle of the movie?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. I mean, it's Ridley Scott's not that kind of director. I mean, he's, right. he's a good director given the right material, and I think.
0: I think that's a great point because he is a director that is only good when given mm. the right material. Right. he's made so many bad movies and it's because I don't think Ridley Scott has a good handle on a story unless that story is fully formed when given to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you give him a story to develop a movie like Robin Hood, you get... Well,
2: it's it was... interesting because I was reading that, I didn't know this, Gladiator wasn't that fully formed when it was... Or when they initially started it. So, Counterpoint. So, Counterpoint. So you have to give some credit to Russell Crowe, I think, from what from what I was reading to actually arguing for certain things to happen in the script. And and uh, John Logan, I think, was one of the uh, people who kind of helped uh, spice up the script with some of the, uh, the character decisions. Uh, John Logan is... Uh, He's he's a, he's I think he's a television showrunner now. I think he's there's a show called Penny Dreadful on Showtime. That's, that's I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's a show that exists. It's a show that exists. Yes, yeah. that show exists. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, let's let's start picking okay. apart more flaws. No, let's it let's it, get in there. Okay. I, I well, am curious. Well, I mean, what, what, we definitely you're getting into the flaw when you're when when you're saying is isn't Russell Crowe, isn't Maximus a little bit of a Lily the White, Lily White character? I would agree uh, somewhat. Somewhat. I mean, he there is there isn't um, it. There isn't a point in the movie where you think that he doesn't deserve what he's trying to get. Right? Exactly. You know. You know what I mean? Like his Yes, never, of course. His son was was, was crucified. It. His wife was raped and killed. Of course he's gonna. But of course. is that a, a bad thing? thing?
0: His vengeance is never okay. So it's I don't. Not think- that it's not a
2: bad thing. It's just that like a nuance or um, I hate. I'm sorry. I hate that word right now. Um, <laughs> so so a, a character that would be a little more interesting might have some uh, some flaw like. Some more, but f- some flaws that we could identify with, because in real life, pe- people aren't um, quite as you know. It, yes, it's a, the guy has a, a farm and he wants to live this simple life, and, and he has these friends and these buddies and everything. But in real life, I mean, you also have like anger issues, and you have you don't think you know, he had anger you know, issues? Like, you know, like maybe he was one of those guys. Like here, here's a good comparison: Game of Thrones. You know, this is obviously one of those one of those. Um, uh i would say you could trace the popularity of game of thrones back to the popularity of gladiator sure. which, which like led to like the popularity of lord of the rings and movies like 300 and, and, right, right, right. and okay. rome on hbo um game of thrones and to give you know to give it credit does have a lot more time to expand on its characters we'll take a character like um Jamie. Ja- like say Jamie lannister right, i don't want yeah. to be too specific about characters um but and he's, he's got shades of gray right, right. the he's characters more interesting, that classic. exactly exactly it's characters who um you think are one way and turn out to be another way or or you understand why uh you understand why they want something but but also understand um that at the at the same time those wants
1: can make them do evil things right i guess i would we, i would, I would oh, say this ahead. so okay because that's something i hear a lot everyone right. everyone loves an interesting character mm-hmm. right um but isn't there a place for characters that necessarily aren't interesting and people who are there really are. struggling to do and that's what I'm saying? So but but anytime it happened, like you think about Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Most recent incarnation of Superman, he's this dark, brooding, destructive character. And people are like, why? He was never supposed to be that. We're catering him to the audience of now because everyone wants that. Everyone thinks they want that. But there is a place for heroes that are quote unquote lily white and people mm-hmm. who are trying to do and in some way, because I think there are people like that. I think that like the majority of people are not. I think there are people who are imperfect, who do terrible things, you know. But I think that you do have people who can actually get through life and make the right decisions almost 100% of the time. Maybe not perfectly, but, you know, and I, I feel like that's something that we, I, I think we need as a society. because I think we're just entrenched in just character to character of like, yeah, I don't do the right thing because you can't do the right thing, and I feel like everyone. Else, I I look at that. and I'm like, maybe I don't have to do the right thing all the time. Maybe I can just slip every so often, and I can murder my coworker if I want to. Well, I that's g- a really <laughs> drastic. <laughs> I guess my being extreme, but you know what I mean. Like, there a, is a place for these kind of characters. I guess my
0: a, uh, issue is that Maximus is never forced to confront the morality of vengeance because in the movie, his mission of vengeance is always the noble one. It's never questioned mm-hmm. that maybe maybe killing just because you have been. You have been dealt a, a rough hand or you know you've had uh, bad things happen to you. It's never questioned whether or not that's right. And he's never forced to confront that. He's always correct in the mind of the filmmaker and the mind of the audience and that makes for a great story that you want to cheer for, but you're never forced to actually come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. I see I don't
1: I don't know. I wouldn't say I feel like yeah I mean yes, you're right. And I think that if you look at the plot line and his journey, then maybe not. But I think if you look at the film as a whole, if you think about like, well, what does blind destruction get you? It gets you a dead wife and a dead son. Um, it, de- it gets you your own demise. Like he doesn't live. He gets he gets stabbed in the back. All right. Well, that makes um, him a victim, not necessarily a guy who's made like bad choices necessarily. And, and <laughs> but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know what I Like I, I like I, if he, I, I don't know. I, I don't, th- I, I know what you're saying and I think yes, but I think you could also make the case for... The fact that like he doesn't get out of this unscathed, he has to suffer in, in many ways. You he know, he like, to suffer. Yes, that um, is true.
0: Um, it's it's the, the comparisons between this movie and Braveheart are astounding. Like there's so many similarities between right. these two films. It, it's it's pretty crazy um, when you think about it. I guess my other major issue is the opposite side of that coin. Uh, the the ying to Maximus's yang, or maybe mm. it's the opposite way around. Joaquin Phoenix's character is. Purely black evil, like they but could not. You know,
1: he's not. I'll, I'll definitely make that case. So
0: I, I can't argue. How can they make him so bad? Well, okay, they yeah, even yeah, yeah. make they, him a freaking incestuous I, guy. I'm mean, going agree with Mike right.
1: here. Actually, I mean, I, I think they, uh, not, they paint not, him. Not, we're not defending incest, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. No, like, no <laughs> means are we doing yeah, that? Tell me about
0: your defense <laughs> of incest, first. All right. Well,
1: first of all, that's that's a whole other pogno No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. So no, I think. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, yes, he does all the classically evil things, but his reasons for doing it, I think you. He strikes me as someone who's just terrified. He's afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. He, His sister rebuffs him like numerous times, and he just kind of takes it until the very end when I think he kind of cracks, and he starts yelling at her, and he loses his mind. I feel like he's somebody who kind of, like, no one respects him. I understand why he's doing what he does. And even the, the speech when he talks to his father, if it's not a little bombastic and uh, uh, a little bit expository, when he's talking to his father about, like, you know, you told me about all these virtues. I didn't have any of those, mm-hmm. but look at the ones I do have I mean those are good too Ambition I'm ambition Mm -hmm. I I, I can I forget all the things he lists but I had a great scene and a great dialogue and I think Mm -hmm. for the character it's like you know imagine being that guy who clearly your father doesn't respect anything you do and he's always fawning over this other guy Mm -hmm. your sister's fawning over this other guy and you're like hey I'm good at what I do can I get some recognition I I understand his journey I understand why he got to where he got and how he needed—I I, think—in his own mind, like if I don't take it this way, I'm never going to get it because I'm not going to—I don't have the respect of people. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be given anything. I have to take it. It's almost like um, this movie's
2: about his acceptance of himself as a monster, right? I mean, it's like he, in some way he, it's like yeah. he, he understands that he's a monster. I, I think, and I think that's what makes him less than just like a, a black, a, a comically, you know, one-dimensional character. You know, right? Yeah. He's, he, he, you're right. He understand. He understands. this like these are the things that I that I am good at. I understand that I'm not good at a
1: lot of, a lot of other things. But um, and there's even scenes where he's like when he realizes Maximus is like winning this like war, he's like losing his mind. Like this scene, <laughs> I think my favorite shot is when he puts Maximus up against the guy with the giant like the lion head armor or the crying mask armor, and he, he's killing him. He does something where Maximus does something that the audience cheers, and it's a shot of him going like ooh, ooh like uh-huh. big whoop oh right, like, uh, it's like he's drunk or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of I just see a lot of his like there's moments of panic even mm-hmm. when he sees his nephew and he tells mm-hmm. his nephew like oh you're, you're playing leg- legionnaire that's cute he's like no i'm not legionnaire i'm maximus savior of rome mm-hmm. you can just see his face like what is going like mm-hmm. he's just losing time and time again and i just i see that panic in him even up
2: into the last uh like the last confrontation with him and russell crowe before they go onto the arena i think that seems really yeah like, really real a really strong um scene when he's when he's like even after our, he's he's convincing himself that uh, that even though um, Russell is like of course Russell of course Maximus hates me of course he wants to kill me I killed his family right he's still convincing himself convincing pardon he's trying to convince himself that that aren't we brothers you know like we right. have some of these same qualities and I and I think that you know I he does a decent job of selling that character. Like, this is, you know, he's, he's a conflicted villain. You know, he's not... Um, yeah, that,
1: that phrase, that, that's one of the things, that, uh, that, like, that phrase of, like, we're not so different, you and I. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's been every single, like, that's been done a lot. Um, There's got
0: to be a super cut of that somewhere, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he does say something. He something. Like, yeah, he says something, not not that line exactly. You're right, you're right. yeah, yeah.
2: And, I, you know, I think that makes him an interesting villain, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, he's and also he does- just... He's very good... Well, King Phoenix is very good at, like... Um, like uh, emoting, you know, like he's, yes. he's he's really good at like being on that edge of almost crying, you know? yes. And uh, I think but this not
0: entire movie, he's like about to break down into tears. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: and you know um, that's kind of been he's that's if you've seen if you've seen his other performances uh you know like and in, in walk the line or the master her uh or or in her too but i mean i'm thinking more specifically of these two where he's he's kind of on this edge of intensity where it's like you, you always think he's about to go off off the deep end right? <laughs> right he's very he can be a very intense actor especially in a movie like the master um but uh he's very convincing as someone who like uh this guy might lose it. I, like I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, back yeah. out of this room you know? yeah. <laughs> because
1: this guy is a little intense, you know. Yeah. And but uh, to Ivan's point, like he he yes, he does all his actions are all classically evil, like the incest. Like definitely. I feel like at that mm-hmm. point. It's like, well, what else can we have him do? Ah, let's have him try to sleep with his sister. Su- that, that'll just seal the deal. That'll I, make him yeah, easy. He I wants mean, to be a dictator, right? He wants I, to be a fascist. I just yeah. I
0: picture like him. Like, I'm surprised they have a scene where he just kicks a puppy and then throws a baby right. out a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, he like, a child. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's only yeah. so much like that they can have this character do. And I guess a, a good... Like, uh,
2: I would have been okay. If the Cohen brothers were directed this movie, and then that would have been
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have well, been okay with him not having the incest thing and just make it more of like a need, like almost like a, like his sister is his mother kind of a thing. Well, I think it would have been a little bit better. But. It's a
0: really fine line, right? Because people love movies like Gladiator and they like a movie like Braveheart, but then you go to a movie like Mel Gibson's The Patriot, which is almost like where he just takes it a little bit too far to the like I'm super good. And at kill, at killing people, <laughs> I'm super good at no, but I'm super, I'm a super, super good, good guy. and The evil guy is super evil guy, and there's oh, yeah. like, I if
2: that guy is a way one dimensional yeah, <laughs> villain, but if, I remember, in, if I'm remembering a movie, but
0: like, the Patriot is a great example of how you can take this formula and just push it so far that it loses any sense of grounding itself in any form. I don't even want to say right. reality no. because I don't picture this. I don't – I never watch Gladiator and think that this Rome ever existed. Right. But I would say that you're invested in what's happening. Like You don't think it's – I don't think these things actually happen, but I care about the yeah, outcome, yeah. if that makes any sense. Because historically, this movie's totally wrong. Like Rome isn't – this is not how that's Gladiator is It doesn't were. say based on a true story. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, and that's fine, but like I don't – I don't think it's safe to say that's all. Well, now I know everything about the Roman Empire because I watched Gladiator. I mean, it's, it's. I write a
1: paper on it. Yeah.
0: Um, in fact, this movie got in a lot of trouble because a lot of historians were very upset with how things were portrayed. Whatever. And glad, <laughs> and basically, that's what Ridley Scott It's Like, <laughs> well, f you, I made a good movie. Like, that's what I was trying to do.
1: Um, oh, and here, you know, so we talk about. Uh, let's just real quick make a pit stop and talk about uh, Proximo. So we talk. About, we want to talk about character nuance. Boom! Uh-huh. I said it for the fifth time. <laughs> um, I feel like he's a character that's a little more interesting. I feel like he's somebody who is someone who does. He's, he's really, the um, he's a slave owner, slave owner, right? Um, Who died, died in the gladiators.
0: middle of uh, filming the film?
2: Yeah, Oliver Reed. Oh, idea.
0: that's right. I did hear that. Yeah, and that's why they have. That's why it's a cut to him in a different angle, and they use a body double and CGI in his murder scene because yes, not him. To I did die. hear
1: that. Yeah,
0: um, it's actually a pretty fascinating bit of like movie. Like trickery that they managed to finish the
1: movie after yeah. he passed away.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a great character. I like him yes. a lot. You think that he's going to start off as a stereotypically evil person he ends yeah, and end up showing you some form of He, a little, he has a little
1: more layers to him, right? He's
0: by far actually the. I'm glad you brought him up because yeah. he is the character. He's the only character in the movie. I think. uh I don't know. I just feel like he's got some depth to him. Yeah, personally. There were, there were, yeah.
2: yeah, I guess you're right. There, there is a that is a character that has like a, okay, so. He's not. He's definitely not the most noble of guys. He owns slaves, right? Right. I mean, that's, right. He even <laughs> said he's
1: an entertainer, like.
2: But you end up cheering for him because he's almost he he he, he bonds with Russell Crowe for the fact that he used to be just like Russell Crowe, right? Mm-hmm. He used to be kind of this guy who had a kind of. Uh, he was kind of from nothing and built himself up. And, and even like his
1: he, speech when he talks about just what it's like to fight in the ring and he says like the cheers rise like storm and right. like that whole like he has a lot of really good and he says just a lot of his lines are great about the mm-hmm. idea of like you know your mother was there when you were born I will be there when you would die When you mm-hmm. die.
0: I think i pinpointed why you like this movie so much there's so much of the dialogue has it's a very, very poetic has a very lyrical epic yes. quality to yes. it like they're all lines that you would see on an epitaph somewhere or you would <laughs> see like on a poster like a motivational poster this movie mm-hmm. is like a motivational poster put to screen for two and a half
1: hours. Not a motivational poster. I don't like those. Those are corny. Mm-hmm. But it, it's poetic. Like the, Russell the, Crowe the hangs on a tree and it says, hang on. Hang <laughs> <laughs> <Back> in there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like, yeah, the, the words are, are in, in many ways, a lot of soliloquies in a sense. There's a lot of stopping and thinking and talking. It almost,
0: it almost feels like... Um, It's got a—I don't know if this is the right term—but it's got a Shakespearean quality to Mm -hmm, it a little bit. Mm -hmm, Um, It's got that same kind of Shakespearean arc. It feels very much like in the style of the Bard. Is how you compare maybe
2: to a movie like Spartacus or Ben Hur or even you know uh, the New Testament even a little bit. I mean, he's got a. The, a, New uh, Testament. the New Testament. He's got a little bit of a Jesus quality going for him at the end. I would say, you know,
1: sacrificing himself for the good of Rome. They, they have him in the Jesus pose, when, like right before he fights. They he's got his the, hands strung they up. Got and, the Jesus right. pose. It's like, guys, you don't have to do that. Really, you can just. <laughs> yeah. we, we get it. We get it. You know?
0: um, random, random observations I had when watching this film that really struck me. One, the musical score of this movie is exactly the same as Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's what my girlfriend said. Yes. So. Um, Claus Blaut, a ble- Blelt, who composed Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, is a protege of Hans, oh, Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, so he essentially just basically ripped off Hans Zimmer to make the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean score. It's, it, the, the score is identical, and I really uh, I should well, make
2: a note. you should it definitely sounded, play some of the scores. Yeah. yeah. To compare.
0: I'm gonna make a note and remind myself to play a piece of a score comparison of the two mm-hmm. now.
1: <laughs> very good score it, I, it also sounded like a lot of I don't know what it's a classical song I almost want to say it's like Jupiter it's like one of the the end, the end credit
0: song no or?
1: it's like when they're fighting in the ring it's like the and it's like the, I, the, I know. the oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's a it's a classical song and I don't know what it is I think it's the, the well, it's planets. almost like it's meant
2: to echo biblical epics of, I would say of the 50s and 60s which had that kind of score and, and, and Ivan is making notes I'm going to narrate that and That's his good. Trapper Keeper Dave you can keep talking
0: when <laughs> other
1: people have a are doing I'm easily distracted
0: Dave is the most easily distracted yeah, person I, in the world and he
1: has to say exactly what he's seeing
0: and he has to seen. narrate what's happening i been like, oh, oh, scratching, oh, all scratching his head, head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening
2: to crying babies upstairs so I'm, <laughs> I'm easily, surprised you haven't come with him on he, anyway. easily distracted well I had to eventually um Yeah, I thought the score was okay. Actually, if we're going to compare this movie to Braveheart, which we have been doing a little bit. Well, Braveheart's score is like... Braveheart is a great score. I love Braveheart's score. I don't love Braveheart as a movie, but that score is fantastic. James Horner, rest in peace. Uh, it was that was a fantastic, a fantastic score, and I'm a fan of Hans Zimmer. I like Hans Zimmer. But, I love his, but stuff,
0: I don't,
1: yeah. I don't love this score. Honestly, yeah. I, yeah, I think well, it's yeah, okay.
0: Hans Zimmer is a guy that has just scored so many movies that it's. it's he's it's,
1: eventually gonna have a couple that he just phones in. Well,
0: the thing about I think most interesting about Hans Zimmer is I think he's doing the best work of his career now. Like I think he went to a, yeah. uh, he went through a. Um, a doldrums period where everything kind of sounded the same for a while but now in the past two years he had the score for Chappie which was mm-hmm. very different and very interesting mm-hmm. and he also did the score for um, uh, Chris Nolan's Interstellar right. most of the which... stuff
2: he's doing with Nolan is interesting and yeah right. yeah like, uh, the, score, the
0: score for Interstellar and the score for the uh, what Inception mm-hmm. both are very unique musical mm-hmm. arrangements and Interstellar especially because it uses uh, like an organ it uses like a yeah. uh, the Dark
2: Knight, even I
1: mean it has some very so, interesting there, string stuff people to that him.
0: people that bag on him for being formulaic I'm like well listen to what he's producing now I right. mean
1: he does do a lot of he did the original Brahm and Brahm is in everything now it's in a lot of his other stuff it's in a lot of other movies like just that I think it was actually like, not Brahm. him though if, I, if I'm recalling that that in the trailer it was actually uh
2: it was actually so it was like a, not a stock piece of music but it was actually a composer who who kind of specializes in stock music who made he specializes that Brahm, in Brahms and Brahms, yeah, not, not the classical. Not the, not the
1: composer yeah. right I just right, right.
0: picture a guy at like a MIDI keyboard and like his claim to fame, is he presses he has, one
1: key. He has one button on it that says <laughs> Brahms. And he's just like, you want this thing? You the can movie, hire me. I'm 90 movie, bucks movie trailer
2: no. had a different... Had uh, didn't have the same music from Inception. I mean, if you listen to the two, it's they're they're different. But let's, Wait, what did, the, we're going way off the on a trailer. trailer. The trailer for Inception had, has has music that's not necessarily. I don't think it's actually from like the music that you're thinking of. That's like Brom, yeah. Brom, and that's like the kind of th- the thing they use in trailers all the time. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Or at least they have used the trailers a lot of times since then. It was where like you know the the fades to black and the big epic like you know orchestral beats like that. Um, I think that uh, wasn't necessarily Hans Zimmer, but Hans Zimmer does. Kind of feel like that when you're watching, when you're listening to a lot of his recent... He's recently. a lot of, yeah, a lot of punctuation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, be,
0: I, I do think there are certain movies that he scored that are just. I, Hans Zimmer didn't feel like doing it. A weekend, he kind of just changed some things around right. and he's got a new score. But I think lately he's been, he's like, you know what? I'm going to get back in this game.
1: So he's right. like, guys, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try. To get back to
0: our central point, I think that Gladiator's st- score sounds very formulaic mm-hmm. in comparison. I think this is formulaic. He gets the job Zimmer. done, pretty much. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the. It's um, uninspired.
2: It's, Sorry, the Ford,
0: it's the Ford F one hundred and fifty of squares.
2: <laughs> I mean, it has, it has a little bit of a hummable theme. I'm not going to hum it because I don't remember. I've, it. I've already hummed it. I've already hummed it. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> no, we
1: filled our hum quota. You,
2: you know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. For whatever reason, I'm thinking of the score for Crimson Tide, which is a Tony Scott movie that uh, Hans Zimmer scored. <laughs> that's the friggin' Scott. The, Scott when man. I when I think of the score for Gladiator, that's the score that comes to mind. I don't know why. But. I
0: the other major observation i wanted to bring up is guys remember when russell crowe was like in the shape sh-
1: he was the shit
2: remember
0: when yeah, he was right. like
1: there we go there's the explicit remember text. when he was Always like
0: in shape and he was like is he not mad he's like really not yeah. he's a chubby man
2: he didn't he didn't exactly uh age as well say tom cruise let's say. well the other thing about <laughs> tom russell- cruise hasn't age, that's the thing <laughs> no, but also stasis <laughs>
0: I think it goes to it's a it's a testament to Russell Crowe's performance in this movie is A, he's not that big of a dude like mm-hmm. right, every yeah. other movie every other character's movie is more uh, muscular than he is is bigger than he is he doesn't but have the
1: Gerard Butler three hundred six. he does not like, at all yeah and, he's just a guy
0: but you still buy the fact that he would win these battles so mm-hmm. I think that has to do with A, how it's filmed but also Russell Crowe has a presence that goes beyond his physicality it's right. the way he stands and the way he speaks he's, and,
1: it's funny he's actually I feel like Somebody knows a good friend of mine. It's like mod- he's model, ju- same like not the biggest guy, but like muscular Stocky. enough, like st- yeah, stockier, but just athletic and just very good at like what he does. Um, right, and he's
2: almost like he created and you know by by this with this movie, kind of uh, I, don't know, I didn't really create, but I mean I, I feel like this movie made popular a kind of character that we still see even today. Like I, I would. Say that like Aragorn and Lord of the Rings is is a similar kind of character. He's not Mm. the biggest beefiest. He's not like you know Schwarzenegger or Stallone or anything. But you know he's a character. He's kind of the smart, sensitive, strong
1: but not like a guy that we can identify with. Exactly, right? you, always, you don't want him to be the biggest because you want him to go against the biggest. And you right. want him to, it's it's somewhat of an underdog story. You think about like, you know, even the Hulk movie when, um, with Ed Norton, like when he fights the giant evil Hulk with the spikes, when he fights, <laughs> what's his name from uh, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Tim Roth. Roth. Yeah, the Tim Roth Hulk. The Tim Roth Hulk is like <laughs> so much bigger and spikier and scarier. Uh. And the Hulk's almost like lovable by comparison. So He's almost there's cuddly. Little, there's a little David and Goliath here. Uh, right, To, to yeah. go back to more biblical references. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: It's been a very biblical podcast. It is a. It's kind of well, it's a biblical kind of movie. I would say. A yeah. uh, little David and Goliath. A little. Uh, a little. Like I said, a little Jesus. Little A little JC action. A little Ben Hur. A little uh, whatever. Classical stories. I mean, that's one of the reasons the Bible is so popular. I would say is it has very simple you stories hate, about the good, fact that the good versus good <laughs> versus
1: evil. Oh, god, uh,
2: <laughs> sorry to bring up the Bible, but I mean, you, you
1: yeah, can't, geez. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> it is in Rome, and I mean, it's hard yeah. not, you know. It. Uh,
0: well, I mean. I don't know. Gladiator is a movie that is going to be loved by people. Like it's just it's meant for that. This is not an art house movie. It doesn't make, um, it doesn't try to hide the fact it's a that it's a d- mainstream film, right? Like mm, that. It, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. Sure. I hate I hate hearing that. Cause it makes it sound like what I love about this is oh, because you're like just one of the masses and you just because I don't. It's okay. It's okay of, though. No, no, no. But yeah. I, there's a lot of like movies that are made for the masses that like like of course the Expendables. Like even even some of the Marvel movies are just okay. Like. I love the Avengers, but they're not going to speak to me the same way this movie does. There's something about it. And, I, and I've maybe you hit the nail on the head. Maybe it's just the poetic nature of the dialogue and, and it's just the way things are said. Maybe that's what gets. I, I don't know what it is, but it's I
0: just picture you standing shirtless. On
1: running a mountain, around with, with a, on a Gladius. With, with,
0: with, with <laughs> just spouting this dialogue to people. I mean, you could almost I could argue that
2: the reason this won Best Picture is because the Academy was saying that, like, yeah, we like movies that are made for like mainstream audiences, and, and and you know, and good on you for making one that's actually good. You know, it's like, it, like why not reward a movie that's like a, a good mainstream entertainment? That's fine. I mean, but I, I would say that something like the Fellowship of the Ring the next year, or or you know, obviously the Return of the King was.
1: But see, and I, I guess...
2: those movies for me were like movies that that were more interesting and also just you know way more obviously way more popular than Gladiator. Well, and I, I think
1: when when I hear mainstream, I guess what I'm expecting something that's going to be a little bit more predictable like in in, in a quote-unquote mainstream movie to me mm-hmm. is you see maximus um end up with the girl uh what's her name female scene <laughs> as they're carrying him out oh, he yeah g- he gives a thumbs up like, <laughs> <laughs> i would i would point out that i was gonna say like aside from the one that was killed is there another woman in this movie yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. one oh, more yes, the, like really the only other uh woman uh it
0: is a very male
1: dominated yes yeah, <laughs> yeah but at the same time i feel like she's not just relegated to the sidelines as like a damsel in distress. She's a very strong she's character mo- in many she's ways. She's motivated. She's motivated. She does some she's things a to protect her she's son. a supporting character, but she she oh, has moments man. where she yields. She has moments where she stands up to the Could guy. Could they have
0: cast a more wiener-looking kid to be her son, though? Like a more emo... <laughs> Define wiener. Like, does that um, kid just needs like a noogie or a, yeah. <laughs> a wedgie or something? Like... Yeah, I just don't. That kid is just. I wanted to. Uh, I'm I mean, gonna, just because
1: you got noogies and wedges, the wedgies, doesn't mean that just, every. I'm kid tired of
0: them. Okay, I'm tired
1: Maximus, of Maximus, hero of Rome, savior of Rome. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just, I don't understand. Okay. Okay. So I had this issue with Jurassic World too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty boys. Like, yeah. Like, can we just cast like kids that don't look like Is it the haircut? It's the haircut, <laughs> man. It's the helmet hair. <laughs>
1: the, the floppy hair. Like, that was the ni- late nineties. Like
0: in well, even in freaking Jurassic World, the the helmet on that kid. It I was... haven't
1: seen it because I like good movies, but, so I haven't.
0: <laughs> but I also want to talk about. Like, so a movie like Jurassic World is like the top grossing movie of this year so far, and it is currently holding the record for um, uh, highest grossing opening weekend. And me as a moviegoer, that pisses me off. Like I'm like that. It wasn't ag- a
1: good movie. Yeah, because right. I'm, yeah. I'm annoyed
0: with that. But but if Gladiator is going to do that, and even if that is meant for, like you say mainstream as like I'm I'm not saying that as a bad thing. That's actually
1: no. I say Jurassic World is a perfect example of what I mean. I haven't seen it, so I can't even comment intelligently about it. But it's I suspect it's what I don't like about movies.
0: I just. I'm okay with a mainstream movie being successful as long as it's a, an entertaining ride that earns its emotions. Um, it earns its emotions, honestly. Right. And I think that Gladiator does that. So right. if people want to latch onto that, you know, God bless them. Like I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> just don't and, and stop casting kids with helmet heads. Okay, that's all. Yeah, just stop with the helmet heads,
1: guys. Come but can on. we get
0: kids with normal haircuts in films? Like, can we? Can what we is a normal that? haircut? In Rome, would he have like? <laughs> yeah. Would he have girly? Wiener hair like that,
2: Mike. I don't know. I don't know. Well, did they picturing like, hanging out in Texas with like a bunch of redneck barber barbers for
1: some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Didn't, didn't Rome have like a, <laughs> those
2: kids need crew cuts?
1: They was, need military style haircuts. Come on, Was cut your over, damn hair, <laughs> cut kid. your damn hair. Was Tell Rome so. or Greece into like the child?
0: They were all into that. Yeah,
1: so I feel like that that could have <sighs> been. Maybe the thing. Every right. old child, children have these lustrous locks of hair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or maybe. So, they, I will say. Maybe um, I'm
0: just jealous because I can never have hair. How, like did Russell, how did Russell
2: Crowe's hair get so like nicely cropped after it had grown long? That's what
1: That's I wanted to That's a good down. point. Well, yeah. Look, who's if cutting look, the hair? Well, the gladiators well, in the pit. You know, one of them has got to be a barber. They with swords. He just like I think he, he, I I think he just still. walks in front of mirror, yeah. uses a sword and just like right. chops it and hopes he doesn't It's a very fast haircut. Yeah. They just all once. But his hair, actually, funny enough. <laughs> I think it, that's actually probably truest what maybe what I imagine Roman hair to look like the comb forward with like the you know, the leaves in the hair, the, the sure, whatever yeah, it is. Why not? Um, but well, the, the that Caesar. was that was also like the haircut for that time period in like popular culture everyone had the comb forward that eventually right. it became the flip up in the front mm-hmm. and then it became the faux hawk Dave, and then it went to those... hair
2: to make sure it's not brushed no forward. you're fine Dave okay, you're sorry. definitely not mainstream <laughs>
1: nothing you do is popular that's true <laughs> that was mean that was so harsh I'm so sorry <laughs> Mike
0: um, as we're kind of like winding down here you said at the
1: beginning we're winding down we're just getting going uh, you said at the
0: beginning of this podcast there was one thing that drove you nuts what oh, was that one thing it's, it's a
1: stupid thing don't um, say the hair. The slow. you <laughs> no. talk about the hair enough? No, it's, it's even stupider. It's like the, the slow motion, so choppy. Like I know. Okay, so let's, oh, talk, the, let's talk about this. The, the, the stuttery slow motion. Style. Yes. Oh, Why would they just not shoot it higher speed and slow it down? That was it's a style. I, guess they wanna, I think see, they were
2: echoing uh, Sipping Private Ryan definitely with the opening oh, uh, battle. Oh, God, that I think, was
0: very much of the... And also, the, the colors are very... They're saturated. It's yeah, a yeah. very contrasting Decept, movie. I mean,
2: desaturated. I think um, it's You're talking about yeah. the, in the battle scene or the. And the uh,
0: battle scene, I'm just talking about not a uh, contrast. There's a lot mm-hmm. of contrast. Contrast, yes. The blacks yeah. are very black. Mm-hmm. The whites yeah. are very white. Mm-hmm. Much, much so like. So racist. I can't believe you said that. The evilness in the movie. But like, um,
2: <laughs> the good versus evilness. Yeah, that's not a word.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. yes, that did irk me. I wish th- I, I, Were you vexed? I was I am vest- vexed. <laughs> I'm vexed. I'm <laughs> vexed. I also was not into, like, just certain cliche shots, like his hands moving through wheat. Oh, yeah. that's
1: my classic shot that I always love, and you always call me on that. Okay. This is why. <laughs> this is your movie, Mike. The hands
0: the going through opening the shot of this movie is a hand, hand going through wheat. Yeah,
2: but I don't think Terence Malick
1: had done that shot yet. I think yes, he they, did. Days he did. of did. Heaven, man. Days of Heaven. Yeah, okay. that's all, it's sorry. all about hands going through wheat. That's about. That the entire about. movie is you know a close-up
0: what? of hands and wheat. Yeah, you just hear
1: dialogue over hands of
2: wheat. I was thinking Tree of Life, but you're right.
1: What's in there, too. Well,
2: it's in there, too.
0: Yeah, Malick has been doing it for a while.
1: I think they put it in there just to be like, this is the kind of movie you're gonna, you're going to you're in for a lot also, of hands through I also
0: you. think that the uh, final, my final thought is I think Do the it. special effects are pretty impressive mm-hmm. the Overall, the, yeah. the cityscapes of Rome mm-hmm. the stuff they've had to recreate digitally which is very yeah. new that was very new at that time right. and the, a great example of integrating practicality of the fight scenes with building out your sets using mm-hmm. uh, visual effects so, I would
2: argue that it doesn't necessarily look, look real but it does look good I would say it doesn't I, look bad right I'm, yeah yeah I
0: think it looks better than most of the stuff I'm seeing nowadays mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm done I think I said my piece <laughs> on Gladiator any, any that's final, enough that's it
1: any final thoughts um, uh, on on this film I feel like this film was forged out of the material of my soul right it is your blood yeah. this is not my favorite Russell Crowe movie I will say as a final thought but uh,
2: it's um, what is your favorite Russell Crowe Master and movie? Commander Far Side of the World oh that's a good one that's too. We, good should, one. we should do that one
0: well you know uh, that is a great movie that's all about the procedural nature that's one of of my
2: favorite movies and and that's the the kind of movie that this is but for me Master Commander does a lot more there's a lot more interesting
1: yeah that is a good film
2: uh, I've seen it before I'd like to see it again yeah
1: that's what, it's like Paul Bettany. In, Paul Bettany like Paul Darwin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. A good, that's a good it's one. It's a good one, yeah, yeah. Good
0: choice. I thought you were going to go for something like The Insider. I
1: the Insider
2: is like, also very good. LA Confidential is a good one. Oh, also oh, yeah.
0: We've good. been rocking the Russell Crowe. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is our uh, second Russell Crowe movie. Only our second? I think. I don't know. He's not... Uh, we could
0: look this up, but we're not going what to. What was
1: the week before we did LA... Yeah, like, we're going to know that off the top of our head. Dave, <laughs> would you know that? Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. So All right.
0: Dave hasn't gotten any sleep, so we should probably close this out so we can go go nap or something. He's just had a, a had a baby. So um, he
1: gave birth. Boy, yeah,
2: yeah. You're looking good, man. My you C-section look, scar really is—it's uh, healed right up. Yeah, looks great. Healing, I yeah. really do.
0: <laughs> Dave is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Junior. Yeah. He had a baby. Um, Mike. Have a day today. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Everywhere, everywhere. The darker corners, lurking around, the CD corners, (laughs) the the CD corners of the internet. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Mike Miranda. You can find me. MikeMirandy.com If you're into graphic design, motion graphics, find me on Dribble and got a dribble account. It's dribble.com slash By
2: the way, do you remember that on the Tumblr?
1: Mike What's up, Dave? The
2: mill did the spe- a lot of the special effects in this movie. The mill oh, is, really, a, really? is like a, yeah, is yeah, a yeah. Best, big a, post house. Yeah. A big
1: post house, yeah. Big time. They're still
0: around. They still exist. Right. They still make awesome work. London, New do. York,
1: everywhere. Do. Do. David, where can people find you on the
2: Oh my God. <laughs> Hands over to Mike. DaveGlantzProductions dot com. It's a D. It's G L A N Z, and Dave Glance on Twitter.
1: You should ask Ivan kind of where that people backwards. can find him.
2: Where can you be found on the internet,
0: well, sir? I'm so glad you asked that, Dave. Ivan, <laughs> you can find my website <laughs> is LuckyNineStudios dot com. You can find me at Twitter at Ivan Kander, That's K A N D E R, and I write and edit and curate for a website. ShorterDaily Short com. Oh, uh, <laughs> top of the morning. <laughs> yeah. The only way I can do an Irish accent is when I say that in URL. <laughs> um, if you are interested in this podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can find us at slash reviewed podcast. You can like us there. You can Find email us on us Stitcher. At, you find us on Stitcher. You can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com.
1: You can wait for us outside of our houses and ask us Don't questions. Don't do that. We've nope. had enough of that, please. And
0: reviewedpodcast.com. <laughs> you can find the newest episodes always there with with beautiful imagery as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And also, I I think I just mentioned this, but leave a review. Someone, we got a new review, guys. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know this person, so that's cool. Was it a one-star review? Yeah, yeah, that's usually what they are. I'm fine with that, though. (laughs) Uh, You know,
0: there's a lot of competition out there. That's totally cool. (laughs) These guys give
1: me the bad feels. big reviews.
0: Guys, we are just cleaning it up, up on the internet. People are speechless.
1: They don't know how to wrap their heads around it. They need a podcast for this podcast. There's a lot of profundity going on here.
0: So, closing out this podcast, um thank you so much for listening and we hope we you were next? next. Next. Oh, next. sorry Dave, what are we doing next?
2: <laughs> what are we going to do? I guess we're doing the Terminator. That seems to be what we Oh, that's what we, we decided. Yeah. yeah, boom, let's do it. The Terminator 1984 because the Terminator Jimmy, Jimmy just had Cameron. another movie come out this summer. So why not? All right. Let's All do right. it.
0: It's on Netflix, so it's very easy to watch. Nice. So that, that, that's great. Um, so yes, we hope you were very much entertained.
2: <laughs> Are you <laughs> not
1: entertained?
2: I've seen a lot of buttholes
1: lately, trust me. Uh, uh. Nothing but Hopefully buttholes. not a lot of them. Hopefully only one. Uh, well, well, you know. two. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: A lot, a lot of the he's, two bottles.
1: he's been in um,
0: Taiwan he's been doing a lot of <laughs> <laughs> doing a lot of experimental <laughs> stuff